G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it, it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25-year-old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're chatting with my good buddy Tony Benjamin who is from Voice of the Martyrs Australia and we're going to hear a bit of his story today. We're in Seoul, Korea. We've been at a Voice of the Martyrs conference all week. It's been absolutely amazing. So mate, welcome along. Tell us a bit of your background. Where were you born and raised? Thank you Matt. I was born and raised in South Africa and um, immigrated to Australia 22 years ago. Okay. And did you have like a religious upbringing? I had a nominal Christian upbringing. I was raised as a good, old, honest Catholic boy and uh, got saved when I was 21 years old, thanks to my dear wife. Okay, so what happened when you got saved? Well, when I got saved, everything changed, obviously. Yeah. And, um, you know, really, it's for us all, it's a journey. It's Mm. really been a journey. But when I reflect on that journey, I see God's God's faithfulness in all of it, you know, throughout my life. And um, it's been amazing. He's taken me from um, somebody with a very low self-esteem to um, the privilege of serving persecuted Christians around the world. Mm. So how did your wife lead you to the Lord? Was that a church service or Bible study? Look, I'd love to say she, (laughs) she coaxed me into it, but I went along willingly. I was searching at the time. You know, as a young seven-year-old, I always said to my grandmother that one day I will be a missionary. And, you know, with its many twists and turns, um, she invited me to a, a Benny Hinn conference in South Africa at the time. <laughs> and that's, that's where I got saved. Oh, there you go. Truth well, be told, yes. Oh, there you go. I watched him on TV a lot, a lot when I was a young okay. son. Yeah, yeah. Um, and tell me a bit about uh, your early career. What did you do after school? I um, started an apprenticeship as an automotive engineer, I really loved it, you know, found I was always good with my hands. Um, I wouldn't consider myself to be smart, so I had to do something with my hands. Yeah. And really, really loved it. And then progressed through my career into management, senior management, uh, CEO, that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Okay. And what was your transition like into ministry? It was difficult. My prayer was always, I'd love to do this, Lord, but you're going to need to help me transition from high-end corporate or corporate or running my own business to ministry, which I know is a massive quantum leap. Mm. Yeah. And how did you first find out about Voice of the Martyrs? We attended uh, a local church that had a Voice of the Martyrs speaker who invited us to visit the ministry. This is more than 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when we turned up at the mission in Lawson in Australia, we were very moved by what we saw and the stories we heard, and it always remained there somewhere in the background. And I held a relationship with uh, some of the key staff at Voice of the Martyrs throughout the years. 
my wife volunteered there for many, many years uh, for the once a month uh, thing that they had. And then I had the opportunity to sit on the board of Voice of the Martyrs. And it wasn't soon after that where they approached me about um, being the executive director and CEO. Okay. And for those who don't know what Voice of the Martyrs Australia does, tell us about the nations you're connected to and okay. what you're doing. Voice of the Martyrs, as you may or may not know, is there to serve persecuted Christians around the world. So through Voice of the Martyrs Australia, we've connected to all the Pacific Islands. We also connected to the Philippines and a lot of our work uh, centers around Southeast Asia and Asia. And uh, as far as India, Jordan, the Middle East and so on. So, okay. Yeah. Now, this conference for me has been life changing. You know, hearing all the different speakers from China, North Korea, uh, Ethiopia, Somalia, Mexico, uh, you know, it's just been incredible to hear what God's doing among the nations. And, uh, you know, I know there are some things we can't talk about, you know, on the media, but yeah. um, tell us uh, for you, uh, firstly, let's talk about China, because that was the last session that we've just come out of. Uh, I was so impacted to hear of uh, the work of the kingdom still advancing, even under persecution. What can you tell us about what's happening in China right now? Well, what I can tell you is that regardless of the oppression of Christians in China and many other faiths too, but more so Christianity is what we have to talk about, um, the work continues. We're still getting record numbers of people coming to Christ, wow. record numbers of believers being saved and... Um, baptized every year. Wow. Uh, the network we work with and have in China exceed one and a half million. So, uh, you know, by 2030, the estimate is that uh, China will be the biggest Christian country in the world. Oh my goodness. And is there a missionary movement coming out of China? Are Chinese, you know, Christians going to the nations? There are not many that can go as missionaries like that. If they do function as mis as missionaries outside of China, they basically rejected by the Chinese Communist government. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And the other thing that uh, reminded me of of China was uh, many years ago we had Brother Yun uh, from the Heavenly Man speak at our church, and he shared about how he was you know terribly beaten and, and went through horrific. Persecution, uh, but now he's got that vision to preach the gospel on the Silk Road all the way to Jerusalem, and uh, I just remember him saying that that's his vision to see an army of on fire Chinese believers that will take the gospel all through that ten forty window through that, yeah. that persecuted area. Um, are you hearing many stories of uh, you know people being sent out like that? We're not hearing many stories about things like that, and I think because of the restrictions that they have, yeah. this uh, Chinese people are working with fellow Chinese people. I see, right, yeah. And with a country of that magnitude, with a billion people, there are so many evangelistic opportunities within the country, yeah. but also the, the hunger for God's word is so great within China. Mm, mm. So we find that a lot of Chinese focus on their surroundings, which is their mission field and should be ours in our very own respective countries too, mm, you know? Mm. So that's what we're finding a lot happening. We're finding a great need for, for resources. There's always a request for Bibles. The unique thing about China today, and I had one of my colleagues here recently um, that, that's from there and saying to us that he was challenged by the world we live in, the Western world we live in as we know it. 
and um, pledged to pray for us because he sees us as having way more complicated challenges than what they have in China. Hmm. Now, you and I have been chatting a little bit about the Philippines and yes. the work you guys are doing there. Uh, give us an update on, on what's happening there. We have two parts to our work in the Philippines. In the south of the Philippines, we work with persecuted believers in the, in the Mindanao region. But within the rest of the Philippines, we have a ministry called um, Being a Voice. And what that mean is, means is being a voice for persecuted believers around the world. And all we ask is for people to understand what persecution looks like, what it's all about, and also to pray for persecuted believers around the world and pray for our ministry. And that has been growing steadily and growing quite um, exponentially over a very short period of time. We have a wonderful team based in Manila, and these guys are doing a really, really good job. It's inspirational to hear the many different nations you guys are connected to. Um, what other nations is uh, VOM, Voice of the Matters Australia, connected to? We're connected to countries like Vietnam. Uh, we're connected to most of the countries in the Middle East, Iraq, Iran, uh, Lebanon, Jordan. Uh, we're even connected into Israel. Mm. Um, we work in Kurdistan. We work in India. We work in the Kashmir area. Um, we do a lot of work in Laos. Um, we work in uh, Indonesia extensively, and then of course within the Pacific Islands also. But it doesn't preclude us from countries like in Africa, like in um, Uganda or Ethiopia or Mozambique mm. and places like that. So we have quite an extensive reach. And um, because of the way the network of Voice of the Martyrs is set up, we have the opportunity to partner with some of the other VOM missions mm. into projects which they do into places like Mexico, South America, uh, Cuba, uh, you know, and so on. And also Russia and the Ukraine are quite extensive areas in North Korea for us. Mm -hmm. yeah. And another part of the conference that uh, really impacted me was uh, we had a pastor from Ukraine. Uh, he was sharing that, uh, you know, his... Uh, Church, he had a church of about 500, completely, you know, shut down, scattered. I think they're using it as a, a you know, the, the Russians are using it for a building now. And um, he's had to flee his nation. And uh, he's now working with persecuted believers in Ukraine. Mm. Uh, what was your takeaway? What, what was the highlights for you from his talk today? Because that was quite impactful. Look, um, last year... You know, around the same time, I was able to travel to Poland and go into or close to the border of the Ukraine. And the plight of these Ukrainian Christians is very, very tragic, not just for them, but for all Ukrainians that have to flee because of the war. But I think regardless of what happens, you know, when we look at the message in persecution and you look at this pastor's life having to move 35 times in 35 years, I think he said, is the resilience that these guys have got for the gospel and the, the complete um, uncompromising message that they have of the gospel. They won't give up. They won't step away. They won't walk it back. They sold out for Christ and they will continue to do what they need to do regardless of what the circumstance or the situation. Mm. For me, it's their commitment and their, and their such a deep seated belief and trust in Christ that they will do whatever it takes, even if they kill for it. Mm -hmm. I was very um, curious about the way he explained the difference of the mindset of the Russians mm -hmm. compared to the mindset of the Ukrainians. Mm 
Um, and he shared that when he was being interrogated, he was locked up in, in prison and interrogated. Uh, do you want to just unpack a little bit about what your understanding is, is the different mindset of the Russians compared to the Ukrainians? Definitely. Because of the freedom that Ukraine, Ukraine has had for so many years, they have a totally different way of thinking. And even my colleague in Poland was saying to me that they suffered tremendously under communism in the past in Poland. And he said to me, many of the older people, although they've been freed from communism, they still have a communist mindset. And therein lies the danger in because communism gets them when they're very, very young. And the indoctrination and all of the propaganda that they feed into these people live with them forever. And this is some of the challenges that we have in North Korea also mm -hmm. with Christians there, in that they have to be completely deprogrammed and retaught, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because the indoctrination is run so deep. They have a, a very poor self-belief because it's been drummed into them that they mean nothing. It's all for the party. Mm. And communism is the same. Mm. It's a it's a vicious thing. Yeah. Now, one other thing that has really inspired me is hearing that uh, you guys work with all denominations, you know. And uh, I was chatting to one of the guys from uh, Voice of the Martyrs uh, who was saying to me that uh, he was in one particular nation and the Hindus and the Buddhists ganged up against the Christians. Mm. And normally they wouldn't gang up, but they had a common enemy, you know. And he said, that's a, a little bit like when the, the devil comes against the Christian church, we don't care about our label, we just unite together. Yes. Um, how important is it that we in the West learn about church unity when persecuted believers, they forget about their labels and they just bond together. Yes. How important is it that we in the West learn to have unity? It's absolutely critical mm -hmm. and I will tell you why. Because persecuted believers don't concern themselves, as you said, about labels. Mm -hmm. Their go-to source is God's Word and mm -hmm. only God's Word. Their relationship is straight up and down. Yeah. And I think denomination, sadly, is dividing the church in the West, mm -hmm. where your truth is better than my truth. There isn't you know, anything like that. There's only one truth. Mm, amen. So God's word is absolutely critical and that's the glue that holds it all together. Mm. The minute we stray from that, we are in dangerous, you know, a dangerous place. Yeah, that's right. We should never yeah. stray from that. Mm. So I think for the church, God's word is the ultimate source and should always be the ultimate source of our faith, mm. not what denomination we belong to. And I think as soon as the church or when the church finally wakes up to that, they will be at a superior level that many persecuted believers are mm. because that's where they practice their faith. Mm, absolutely. Now, if people want to book you or one of the team from Voice of the Martyrs to speak at their church, uh, I know you send people to churches regularly. Uh, you do, um, uh, you've got lots of great resources as well. Uh, what's the website if people want to look it all up? Uh, it's vom.com.au. You can um, find find us on the website, find our details, send us an email on info at vom.com.au and we'll certainly be able to meet your need, um, you know, with regard to speaking in your church or providing you with the resources. And the other breaking news is that you've got a new role. Yes. Been announced. Yes, I've been elected as the chairman of the of the ICA, which is uh, the chairman of all of the Voice of the Martyrs missions around the world. So, wow. quite an honour and a privilege. Wow. Thank you. And Aussie, 
South African Aussie. <laughs> yep, more Aussie now than ever. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's exciting, mate. Congratulations on the thank new you. role. Thank you. And uh, thank you for having me at the uh, conference this week. Uh, I've had so many amazing interviews and met so many amazing people from all over the world. Gives you a, a, a little glimpse of heaven. Yeah. Nations, tribes and tongues all gathered together and I get to see the word of God and Jesus uh, and serving the Lord in humility is at the centre of this ministry and it's been uh, wonderful to be part of the conference this week. So thank you for having us, mate. I reckon you're a history maker. God bless. Thank you. God bless you. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. You'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. Matt Prater's latest book is now available. History Makers, devotions, downloads and dad jokes. It will take you on a journey through God's Word and will hopefully give you a few laughs along the way. It's just $15 plus postage. Order now at historymakersradio.com. Discounts available for bulk orders. The heart behind this book is to challenge people to get into the habit of daily devotions with Jesus. Find out more at historymakersradio.com. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.